your horse training questions answered. Answered. Welcome to the Carson James Podcast, your weekly boost of horsemanship. No jargon, no fluff, and no BS. Just natural, proven solutions that work. And now, here's Carson James. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. So the question we've got here is from Jessica. She says, hey, Carson, how do you know how much groundwork to do and how necessary is it? What things should I be trying to get my horse good at as far as groundwork goes? All right, so um, let's just start off with a few things that, you know, almost definitely do need to be established from the ground. And it's really, really simple, and it's a really short list, uh, as a matter of fact. Number one, the horse needs to be okay with you being up above his back. So you need to get, like, on the top rail of the fence, and he needs to get to where he can easily, confidently, and willingly put his back right underneath you and stand there in a really relaxed sort of way. You need to be able to climb up and down the fence, kind of put your leg over top of his back, use your foot to, you know, reach back there and scratch him on his butt. You need to be able to pretend like you're kind of sitting on his neck. Now, as you're doing all this, you're going to keep one hand and one foot on the panel. So if he needs to move, you just kind of put your weight back on your panel foot and everything is good. But anyways, he needs to be totally chill about that. Uh, he needs to have at least a basic understanding of, well, that the answer to any kind of pressure is turning loose in his feet. So here's an example. You could put like a rope around his girth area, and then you would start to make it tighter and tighter. And you may help him a little bit by clicking or like tapping him on the butt with a flag or whatever. But anyways, you make this rope tighter and tighter. And initially, you might see him kind of tense up in his body, and he raises his head. Well, you work on that and get it to where when he feels that pressure, he just simply walks off. And uh, what that's going to do is it's going to teach him to not get bothered by situations because he knows how to handle them, which is turning loose in your feet. Uh, If a horse turns loose in his feet, he will be turned loose in his mind. So the more you get one, the more you get the other. Uh, He needs to, you know, he needs to be semi-okay with you throwing a saddle pad and a a saddle up there. Now, when I say semi-okay, he just needs to be okay with it. You don't, you know, if he moves around a little bit or moves over a little bit, uh, that's no big deal. You just don't want him like jumping sideways frantic because you're going to do this every day, you know, well, most days for years to come. So, you know, it's not like you have to get him where he just totally stands there and ignores it. Uh, That almost might not be a good idea because you don't want to accidentally what a lot of people do is they over desensitize a horse thinking that that's what actually makes them safe reliable and confident when the reality is is uh clear communication is what makes a horse confident and not spooky and not have problems and things like that so uh 
people will inadvertently over-desensitize and teach their horses to ignore everything. Because, you know, what you have to understand is that just because a horse responds to something does not mean that he's afraid of it. When you're sitting on your horse and you squeeze and he walks off, that doesn't mean that he was afraid of your leg. Uh, A lot of people will try to get a horse to totally ignore a flag. Uh, But, you know, if he's not really good at groundwork, you kind of need a flag to help reinforce your lighter cues. So, anyways. uh, And really, that that is about all they need. Uh, back when I started all these hundreds of cults on these ranches and for clients and stuff, uh, you would be really surprised at how little groundwork I actually did. Uh, I got him, I got him good at the, at the groundwork we do in the virtual clinic and not even, and I didn't even get them that good at it. Just where they kind of had the idea, uh, oh, for those of you that don't know, the virtual clinic is one section of our online website it's called the buckaroocrew.com and it's where we have uh a lot of clinic footage and then cult starting footage and a whole bunch of different videos on horsey activities so that's what that is uh now from there uh you know if he's comfortable with a saddle and he can freely move around relaxed with the cinch being snug and he calmly and kind of almost seems like he wants to be up underneath you when you're up there on that fence, then you should be totally fine to get right on him. Uh, now, here's kind of another strange thing about it. Uh, I can't remember who said this, but they were a very well-respected horse person, and uh, it's it really puts it in a good perspective. And they talked about how groundwork a lot of the times is really more of a crutch to fill in for what the human is missing on more so than to fill in for what the horse is missing on. Uh, you know, like you can watch like the road to the horse things and stuff like that. And those guys will get those horses going with very, very, very little groundwork. Uh, then you have other people who will do groundwork for five or six months every day or, you know, all the time. And they'll basically get the horse. You can get them kind of, burn out on that uh they call it pin sour where just every day they're in a round pin doing lunging and this and that and every day is just this so they can kind of get a little bit sour to that stuff so that's also something to think about but uh you know so now that now that we've kind of covered you know some pretty obvious things that a horse should kind of be okay with some other things that you could do is, uh, you know, if you can get him to where he can calmly and smoothly lunge and change directions at like a walk and a trot without coming into your space, and particularly when you ask him to change directions. Uh, so that would be a good one. And not saying that, oh, I need to teach the horse to lunge so he's rideable. The only reason I mentioned that one is because, remember what we said earlier about the way you get confidence is clarity. If the person is able to communicate lunging and have the horse be smooth and sure and accurate and consistent about it, okay, well then 
The only way that can happen is if that person is being a pretty good communicator. So it's not that lunging makes the horse better. It's that if the human was able to be the kind of person that could communicate something to the horse and get them good at it, well, now we automatically know that the person is using good timing, using a good amount of pressure, the right amount of lightness, a good timing of the release, all of those things. Uh, it also is how we know that the person at least had a pretty good idea of how to take any task and break it down into several little pieces and work on you know, each little piece and get those real nice and then put them all together and let the horse lunge. So that's why I mentioned that. Uh, and, you know, the same thing with any horse. Uh, if a human is able to communicate good enough to get a horse to do what the human had in mind and get him, get them to do it confidently and happily, willingly, uh, and not only to where they do it, but where they're real, real sure, like, yes, this is the thing to do. For example, a horse that easily loads right up into the trailer every time for the rest of his life. We can bet pretty surely that horse is pretty dang sure that, uh, that this, that he's, uh, about just about got that figured out and is real confident about that. So back into what we were saying about, you know, how it's not really desensitizing that makes them not spooky. It's confidence, making the horse confident. Okay. So if you can get a horse really good at lunging, and if you can get a horse really good at backing from the ground, if you can get him really good at being up underneath you when you're on the fence, if you can get him really good at lowering his head, if you can get him really good at being caught, if you can get him really good and relaxed at being saddled, if you can get him really good at standing still to be mounted, if you can get him really good at walk, trot, and lope on a loose rein, which if you do your groundwork right, they will do that on the very first ride anyway. Uh, so, you know, if you get a horse doing all of those things with some sureness, well, there you go. The horse is pretty sure about a good bit of things. Therefore, he's going to be a fairly confident horse. And then as life goes on, month after month, day after day, whatever, you're just going to keep on doing more of that, just getting him more sure about when to do what, how to do things, when to kind of wake up and move, move his feet, like when you want him to lope or uh, when you want her to back up kind of fast, and when to just kind of go around real slow and easy where you can back him up real gently, you know, just one step at a time, basically where it takes 10 seconds to back up 40 feet, you know, something, or I'm sorry, where it takes 10 seconds to back up like four feet. Uh, but likewise, you can also have him back up, you know, 10 feet in five seconds. So you build this sureness through all of these things. And that's, you know, kind of what the whole point of the virtual clinic is on the, on the Buckaroo crew deal is we're just trying to teach these people how to build sureness and confidence into these horses, how to get them to where they know what they need to do. So they get good at it. They start thinking about it. Therefore, it directs a distracted horse into a focused horse. And basically, I'm saying, like, 
the real way to fix all of these things with these horses is uh, build their confidence and get them sure because you cannot do that without being the kind of person that creates really good, confident, relaxed, non-spooky, non-rearing, non-bolting, non-bucking type of horses. Uh, so remember, desensitizing is its a good thing to do. And it's really good for, let's say, the horse is afraid of the clippers. So let's desensitize them to where they don't bother them anymore. Uh, but just because you've now gotten your horse to where he's not afraid of clippers does not mean that he's going to have clear understanding of how to lunge and real sure about it, not bothered when you ask him to walk, trot, or lope. You know, desensitizing him to clippers of water and balloons and noodles and tar, you know, anything you is not going to build the confidence. There's the story I tell about uh, going into going into a big city and I wanted to do it, but I was a little nervous because I didn't know the area and I heard there was some bad parts of towns. And then uh, my buddy says, oh, Carson, I've, I've lived here my whole life. Uh jump in, I'll ride shotgun and I'll be like your personal GPS. I got your back. Okay. Well, at that point I'd be getting pretty excited. Well, as we started going into the city, um, I found out he really did not, uh, he really did not know his way around and was not as good of a tour guide as he made me think he was going to be. He kept giving me wrong directions. He would tell me to change lanes when semis were over there and, you know, the more I rode around with this guy, the more tense I would get, the more spooky I would get. And that would go on for some point. Now, at some point here, I would have no choice but to just begin ignoring him and doing the best thing I knew to do to get out of that situation, right? And that's what happens all the time with horses, but people just say, oh, this horse is being stubborn. That's not really what's happening. Uh so now let's flip the script a little bit. Let's say he really did. And he was a really good tour guide. He gave me clear instructions. And in this case, the you know he always let me know what I needed to do, what I was about to need to do. Okay, well, the more I rode with this person, the more I would relax. And, you know, after 30 minutes, I'd probably have the seat reclined back a little bit. I'd have the music playing. I might have a soda in one hand and the other hand on the steering wheel. Uh, or, you know, that's bad. Keep both hands on the wheel, I guess. But anyways, you get what I'm saying. Now, this, this second person here, the more I rode with him, the more I would want to do it again the next time. Uh, now here's the real kicker. I've been driving, you know, most of my life. It's not that I was afraid of traffic, interstate, semis, stoplights, speed traps, gang territories, you know, I did not need to ha have more exposure to the elements of that environment to feel confident and safe and relaxed. What I needed was clarity and leadership. So, you know, he could have said, he could have said, Hey, here's a red light, go sniff it. Here's a semi truck. We're just going to drive beside it for a while here down this interstate. Okay. Well, None of that would have meant anything if he was not being a clear leader. And that's really what happens most of the time. People have their focus in the wrong area. Uh, they try to do all of this desensitizing, thinking that's going to fix the spooky horse or the 
hot horse or the high-headed horse or the rearing horse or the horse that always wants to go too fast, where uh, in reality it's, it's not the desensitizing. It's that the human just needs to up their A-game on their communication, their timing. They need to build the foundational pieces. Like, for example, you would be, you guys listening to this would be amazed at how many horses are incapable of lunging at a walk. Uh, and that's like the simplest groundwork thing you could think of. Most, a lot of horses cannot do that. Uh, you'd be amazed at how many horses cannot back up while the person is standing out in front of them on the ground, like eight feet out in front of them. So, you know, most horses, they have, the the human has no control of their feet on the ground. Therefore, they have no confidence. They have no control of their mind. People say, how do you fix a horse that always gets distracted? Well, you get him where he's thinking about something better than whatever was distracting him, you know, get his groundwork better. And that's how, actually how you fix that. So uh, I guess we might have strayed a little bit from how much groundwork to do, but uh, at least maybe we sort of kind of stayed on topic a little bit. Now, uh, oh, another another video is uh, we have a cult starting series on the Buckaroo Crew, and it's this little sorrel filly. And, I mean, she she was pretty dang wild and goosey. And it belonged to a friend of mine, and he brought her over, you know, two or three different times, and... You can go in there and watch. Uh, about the only desensitizing I really did was getting her used to me being up above her back uh, on the fence there. And you can go in there and watch and see, uh, you know, pretty quick there. She's she's loping around all, all relaxed, just looking real normal like she's done it a hundred times. And very little desensitizing. So uh, I hope that helps you out and give you some things to work on or think about, and we will see you guys next time. You've been listening to the Carson James Podcast. Real. Simple. Horsemanship. Subscribe now to get new questions answered every week. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, drop us a review and share it with your horsey friends. 